2: Hello, everybody. This is Jimmy Kempsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, on EGN Radio episode number 106, I think, is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, finally have a little morsel of news. How are you?
1: Jimmy, you brought back the elongated yo at the beginning. <laughs> I did. I appreciate it. It's probably a little bit too much juice, but I guess you had <laughs> to add some because of exactly. this news you're referring to.
2: So, yes, Nigel Bradham was... Uh, released and then it was reported as the Eagles not picking up his option, and then it was re-reported, not reported, but the Eagles said they released him. But he's gone. Is uh, the bottom line? Uh, the short explanation on uh, Nigel Bradham's release is that they're not, they won't be spending eight million on him that they would have otherwise been spending had they, you know, picked up his option this off-season. Do you think that that was the correct move?
1: I think it was kind of a no-brainer move. Okay, really. When you look at uh, where Nigel Bradham's production had been the past couple years, here I mean, obviously he was awesome in 2017, like legitimately, like like awesome, like great mm-hmm. that year. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl. But you look at what he what he's been the past two years. Um, he has one interception, zero forced fumbles, in two sacks in his last 30 games. That includes the playoffs. And this is going to be the guy on your team that had like the seventh highest cap hit this year. If he was kept at his at the rate he was supposed to be, like you're really paying this guy as one of your, like your top players, and he turns 31 in September, so uh, yeah, to me it's just no brainer.
2: So I had him as a stay um, when I did my stay or go series. Not that I thought he should be back, but I thought the Eagles. I lean to like slightly toward them bringing him back, just because I know how much Jim Schwartz likes him. So uh, I didn't think he should be back at eight million for sure. But uh, the Eagles did the right thing. I agree with you that, um, in my opinion, it was a no-brainer, and they did the right thing, and they, they moved on from him. Now, they could st- certainly still bring him back if he hits the free agent market, doesn't find you know any really suitable offers elsewhere, and then, you know, who knows, he could be back on a smaller deal like the Eagles did a season ago with uh, Timmy Jernigan. You know, you think there's uh, any possibility of that?
1: Or even Wisniewski too, you know, not a little bit different, but same kind of thing, you know, like they they let him go. Yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, it's it's not the preference, right? I mean, obviously, you want to find someone ideally better and younger. And I I think like Nigel Bradham was the kind of player that Howie Roseman was talking about when he said in his – post-mortem press conference that we need to get younger i think like that's not that he was specifically targeting only nigel bradham but like i think that's one of the guys like he kind of had in mind like he was kind of hinting at
2: the one thing that i could see him coming back as is maybe the the you know not necessarily the the signal caller of the defense like if they sign somebody in free agency and we'll get to that in a little bit we'll we'll each give our top three free agent linebacker uh menu options uh coming up but um you know, if they brought in a guy that, that becomes that and then Nigel becomes sort of the other linebacker who's kind of free to, to run around and, and make plays like he did during his during the Eagles' Super Bowl year, I can see that as more of a better role for him. Do you kind of view it that way too?
1: I mean, yeah, that's where he originally was brought in to be, right? Yeah. The Eagles had Jordan Hicks in the middle and he was the signal caller and then Bradham only took over there when Hicks would get hurt. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, but again, I mean, the, the ideal goal should be to get younger there. Uh and I guess it'll be interesting to see what Bradham's market is like. I mean he can sign with anyone right now. Like that's the um advantage to him. It's
2: partly why they let him go. They gave they gave him the opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah, and because you can't get compics anymore for declining yes. options on players. Well they
2: could've they could have just kept him on they could have just not released him until time came for them to exercise his option or not. So they did do them a little bit of a solid by let them, letting them go now as opposed to waiting a few more weeks.
1: For sure. There's
2: nothing wrong with, with – with, there's no benefit to them getting rid of them right now as opposed to a few weeks, as I should say. But, yes, right. you are correct, Brand Alert, that uh, it doesn't matter. For <laughs> Is Compick that my nickname? Yeah. No, my brand. Oh, okay. No, brand Alert. Brand I thought Alert. you were calling me that. <sighs> oh, I, I was do like, like that, though. Brand, brand Alert. There we go. <laughs> but my brand, Brand Alert, pick Formula – He won't count toward that either way. So the way that it used to work was the Eagles uh, and and some other teams across the league would set up contracts so that they were kind of like year to year, they'd pick up an option or not. And the way that that worked in favor for them is that they could just, you know, not exercise the option. That player would become a free agent and then they would count toward uh, the comp pick formula. But the NFL sort of realized that loophole and it it appears that they have, you know, kind of closed that off. So it didn't matter whether they cut them or they picked up the option. Uh, He will not counter the Copic formula. I will note that last year, uh, a player that was maybe a little bit of a different situation with Nick Foles because they kind of had like a uh, uh, sort of, um, you know, nuclear submarine, you got to turn both keys kind of deal where they both had to exercise the option. Eagles actually did exercise the option on him, but Nick Foles opted out of the option. I'm told that he will absolutely still count toward the comp pick formula uh, last year, and whatever the comp picks are doled out it may even be today. We're recording on Monday, by the way. That that won't affect his status as a guy that counts toward the comp pick formula. Eagles should should still get that late third round pick for him.
1: So they'll probably have ten picks in total, assuming the projections from over the cap and and whatnot are correct. Right,
2: they'll get another another two fourth round picks for the losses of. Jordan Hicks, and for Golden Tate. Golden Tate. So, in the wake of Nigel being cut, so let's uh, each give our top three free agent linebacker menu options.
1: Who you got, number one? I'm doing this in terms of realistic, yes. Sense. So, like, I know Kiss and Solak. We're talking about Joe Sherbert, Schobert, okay. Sherbert, whatever you want to call him, in the last podcast. But I don't think he's going to make the market. Like, the Browns have a ton of cap space. And they're probably going to re-sign him. He's a young player. Um, so, like, I don't even really consider him super realistic. Although, I will note that I have this list, Jimmy, of the all the players that will be available in free agency that have some kind of notable connection to the Eagles in some way. We're
2: going to have the same top one guy.
1: <laughs> all I'll say about Shobert is that the Eagles sent Ken Flajole to his pro day to work him out specifically. So, um, I did notice that when I was looking back at my draft notes. Uh, the, the number one guy I would put here is Nick Quiet Kosky. Yes. Is that who you had? That's who I had to. yeah. And we talked about this when we were going over some of the free agent fits earlier this offseason. But, you know, the Eagles showed a ton of interest in him pre-draft. I think a key thing to keep in mind with free agents in general is like, why is this player on the market? And like, why might they leave? And a lot of the times, I think it's probably because, you know, that player might not be as good. Obviously, the team didn't resign them. That doesn't always mean the player is bad. But sometimes it could. It could be a sign that, like, okay, the team doesn't really value this player a ton. But I think with him, in the case of Kwiatkowski, or Kwiatkowski, like... I
2: do the same thing. I add I a W in there that's not there.
1: Quite, yeah, Kwiatkowski. <laughs> yeah, because right. it's easy to do. <laughs> yes. Um. But, yeah, I think the case with him is, like, this is kind of an ascending play. This is the kind of bet I think the Eagles should make yes. on a guy. Like, he's, he's ascending. Like, he hasn't played more than he could have because he's been behind, like, good players in Danny Trevathan, and Rokhan Smith in Chicago. Like, I think he could be ready for a bigger role in Philly, and I think that's why the kind of ideal free agent you go after. Yeah, so
2: they had the new, I forget who the defensive coordinator is uh, this year after their, what's his face left to be the head coach of the Broncos. Chuck Pagano. uh, Yeah,
1: right, Pagano. And who left? Uh, Vic Fangio. Yes, thank you.
2: (laughs) So, uh, at the beginning of the year this year, he wasn't playing at all. I mean, forget, like, even having some kind of small role. He just wasn't playing really at all, and then you know they had a couple guys get hurt and he became essentially a starter and played really well. So it does make sense for him as a guy that there's a good reason why he's going to hit the market, <laughs> like and look for uh, look for somewhere else to play because uh, and I think the Eagles really do make a lot of sense for him for the reason that you noted because they they paid a lot of attention to him during the pre-draft process in 2016 and that's especially notable as we noted in previous podcasts uh, because. That was the offseason before Joe Douglas even got there. So it was specifically Howie Roseman who was interested in this guy. And Howie Roseman is obviously going to be uh, of greater importance this offseason with Joe Douglas having moved on. Um, so, yeah, I see him as, as my number one guys, too. Uh, who's your number two?
1: The last thing I'll say on uh, Kwiatkowski there. Quiet Kwiatkowski? Quiet, quiet Is it Kowski. quiet or quiet? I think it's quiet. Quiet we should probably know. I heard
2: Tony Romo call him like call him three different versions of it during the game of this year. So I think I think we're <laughs> well, fine to do that too.
1: Well, that's what that's what we'll do. We'll just always say a different name. It'll be a <laughs> right, little like, running like bit,
2: like Bo with uh, Claxton Thubbin.
1: <laughs> and we'll and we'll be right one of the times. Maybe the the last thing I'll note on him though is there was this big gap when the Eagles didn't pick from in that 2016 NFL draft. Like they picked Somalo at number seventy nine, and then because of like the Carson Wentz trade and other things, they didn't have a pick again until 153. Hey, was that Shelton Gibson? Wrong year, Jimmy. Smallwood. Oh, right, 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 right. This right. is 2016. You're right, you're right, You idiot. Um, <laughs> 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 they had a uh, – yeah, so there was that big gap in there, and he was taken in there, and like showbert was taken in there. So, you know, the Eagles could have been like eyeing those guys very well, but they just didn't have the pick in that round to take them. So, uh, last thing I'll say on that. Yeah. Uh, the other one, I would say, I mean, Littleton, Corey Littleton from the Rams obviously makes sense in terms of profile. He's my number two. Like, yeah. So <laughs> maybe not super list, realistic,
2: basically. but go ahead.
1: Yeah. I just don't think he's super realistic. Like, again, everything, he checks so many boxes, which is great in terms of like why you should want this player. But that also means his price, I think, should be hefty. And this is like a 2016 undrafted rookie free agent. So, he's definitely, you know, looking for a big deal because this is his first chance to make like real money Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Doesn't turn 27 until November. He's never missed a game. He has 37 starts. His stat line is like incredible in terms of like productivity. Uh, 26 passes defense 20 tackles for loss and i think you had mentioned the the passes defense like lead the league In right for linebackers years, yes 8.5 sacks the six interceptions five block punts which you pointed out yes. like that's crazy like, i feel like that doesn't get enough attention that's insane he's Five awesome, block he's, punts. he's
2: an awesome player and i and i have reason to believe that howie very much likes him
1: i like that but yeah he's Same a great, more. great
2: player <laughs> uh, i can't really get dive into that any further okay. but uh, he is uh, he's he's a guy that can make a difference is the way that I would put it. And if they are going to spend maybe a little bit more than they normally would, he's the guy because he's really good in coverage. And that's sort of the you know Jim Schwartz prioritizes in his linebackers is, is guys with coverage ability, not necessarily guys that, that can blitz the quarterback. They've had that and guys like Michael Kendricks for example didn't utilize him that way. But for you know a guy like Littleton who's who's so good in coverage, you mentioned the the pass breakups and the uh, and the plays that he makes in the passing game, he's like a perfect fit for that Eagles defense. It gives you, you know, and he, he gives you, you know, some added juice in uh, on special teams. If you're going to spend for a guy at linebacker, this is the year. Like, this is the guy that I would, that that I would go after. I mean, it's like it's a it's a perfect player for that Eagles defense, in my opinion.
1: And they do need a proven starter. We'll get into that the our free agency rankings, but I mean, like you know, Bradham is gone. They don't. <laughs> their four linebackers under contract right now are. Nathan Gary, T.J. Edwards, Duke Riley, and Alex Singleton. Yeah. Did you know that none of those players are under contract beyond this season? Or, well, one of them is. I think uh, Singleton, I guess.
2: And T.J. Edwards will be, too, because th- those guys. Oh, sorry. Side, no, that's uh, who it was. Year contracts.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's who I meant, instead of Singleton. But, yeah, so so yeah. both, they need. <laughs> I'm the idiot now. <laughs> they need long-term answers there, and they need an immediate starter. So, uh, what about number three for you, well, who did
2: Well, who was your number two?
1: Uh, Littleton. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Well, this is no fun. <laughs> I know. My number three is Nigel. I'm you know, just coming back on a uh, on a smaller group. Oh. There's really nothing more I have to add than that.
1: I'm going to ha- cheat here on number three and add three guys oh. for number all three. Right. Uh, all these guys have – well, it's even. it might be even more. It might be four. I'm looking at my list here of these players with connections. And uh, Patrick Onwasar – is a guy that Benjamin Solak wrote about mm-hmm. on Bleeding Green Nation. He was with the Ra- he's been with the Ravens. So you look at the Andy Weidel connection there. Got benched last year.
2: Should be noted. Yes,
1: he did. You kind of be like a fallback plan, I guess.
2: And like that's not a guy like like that's not a team anyway that like you know you go oh they're they're dumb they don't know what they have like they know what they.
1: Mm-hmm. Have. <laughs> well, who do you get benched for?
2: I don't I don't know. Was it L.J. Fort? L.J. Fort. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Preston Brown is a name, is a guy who used to play for Jim. He started for Jim Schwartz in his rookie year in Buffalo. Yeah, that's probably more of a fallback guy. Yeah, uh, Neville, Neville Hewitt, John Stolness mentioned that yeah. on one of the recent VG and Radio podcasts. Played for Matt Burke when Matt Burke okay. was defensive coordinator oh, and linebackers yeah. coach. Yep, And the in, so I'd keep an eye on him.
2: What Was he with the, the Jets twenty nineteen?
1: Yes, uh, Devondre Campbell. I would keep an eye on because Mark when Mark Hand Manuel. A lot of hard names to say here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not conducive for podcasting. Uh, obviously, he was the defensive backs coach, or he is the defensive backs coach now for the Eagles, and he was the Falcons defensive coordinator. So keep an eye on him. And then Jamie Collins, because the Eagles reportedly, I mean, he turned 31 this year, so he's on the older side, but the Eagles reportedly <laughs> had interest in him last offseason, and they signed yeah, Zach, Brown Zach Brown instead. Dead, yeah. So, was
2: that McLean the, put that out? Yeah. So no Schobert in your list then?
1: I just don't think he's going to hit the market. So I, I, th- I really think he's going to get re-signed. I think he's
2: overrated too, personally. So I like okay. in 2019 he had four picks, which pops out on the stat sheet. And I looked at him, and they're like, "Of the, yeah, but he didn't really make the play variety, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. ball like shoots up in the air, and he just kind of camps out under and catches it. Like that's not like Nate Gary against the Jets, for example, where he was on the one side of the field, he sprints across the other, other side of the, like read the play." Like, which was going to be like a little uh, you know throw to the, the running back in the flat. He jumps in front of it, picks it off, runs back for a touchdown. Like, that's a great play. Schobert's interceptions weren't really like that. <laughs> All right? So, like, I think uh, the, the the idea that he's like some kind of stud in coverage is maybe a little bit overstated because, he, you know, those four picks will, will stick out on the stat sheet. But I do like him as a player. I do think he's okay in coverage. And he obviously gives you a lot in uh, on special teams as well. Didn't he make a Pro Bowl too one year? He did, 2017? and you heard it
1: here. You heard it here first, folks. Joe Sherbert is no Nate Gary,
2: right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> Boom.
2: Probably not the best example to give, like Nate Gary making a play that.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He said it. It's too late now.
2: <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll review in light of the linebacker position being you know more important now in free agency. We'll review our updated top five for agency needs. Brandon.
1: Back after this.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at
0: Marines.com.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, how do you want to do this? Let's just jump right in. My, it out. Not the draft. not To be
2: clear, we're talking about positions that they have to fill with players who are will be expected to have significant roles in the short term, in 2020. Mm-hmm. So like in the draft, you know, you want to get good players, obviously, but if they You know, if they're not out there week one starting, then it's not the biggest deal. Okay. Yep. Number one. And I don't think it's even that close, really. Cornerback. So Mm. where I think like wide receiver is the biggest need overall on this roster. Yeah. I think for free agency specifically, cornerback is a position that they have to address. And I think they got to spend significant resources there and they got to get like, you know, like a legit quote-unquote number
1: one corner so i have that number two on my list obviously the gap between one and two is not very big at all uh i put starting cornerback in parentheses two because they probably need two starting cornerbacks and that you know depends on what right. they do with jalen mills exactly. And we both we both think J- they're going to resign jalen mills but if they don't <laughs> like, they're going to need two starting cornerbacks because you're not going into next season counting on Sidney jones or Russell douglas to start like it's just not it's not going to happen. No. So they need to get at least one. And, yeah, again, depending on what happens with Mills, too. Uh, so I had cornerback number two. I had starting caliber wide receiver number one on my list. Okay. I don't think you necessarily have to get speed in free agency. I think in general, I prefer speed. Like, because I think that's – So we kind of had this talk earlier in the offseason about, like, like, the Eagles just need everything at wide receiver. Yes, like, I agree with that conceptually they don't need just speed but at the same time like they can't keep making exceptions i feel like with the speed thing like oh this guy's good but he's not fast like, you can't keep doing that because all of a sudden you start stacking the slowest offense in the league which this team has been right and i think that's been an issue and i think they've, they've devalued it really too much speed in general and you look at a team like the 49er so they've devalued it to the point where it's been like okay we have mike wallace but then he's out and then no one else is fast like that. That's not good enough. You can't just do that one thing and have that one thing. And there's no fallback plan. And they basically did it last year with Deshaun Jackson, too. Like they can't just have the one guy and then everyone else is slow as hell. Like You need to be like the Chiefs, and the 49ers who have like some of the fastest, literally some of the fastest offenses in the league. Like speed needs to be more prioritized. They would argue I they don't, do. They do prioritize it. I but, would argue that.
2: <laughs> well, Howie's, Howie's uh, answer to that during the URM press conference was that you know they signed uh, Deshaun and then they had uh, Aguilar, Aguilar as the top ten fastest receiver in the NFL based on Great. their. Um, I guess sure what it's called, their yeah their next gen on field data.
1: It really uh, paid off. <laughs> 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 the investment really made a lot of sense. So, but it, clearly, it didn't work out. So, I don't necessarily think they have to get a burner in free agency. Maybe that's where you... Because, I mean, they they need to fill a slot role, too, really, when you think about it. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is going to be gone. Um, We don't know for sure. Like, you don't just know that Greg Ward is going to be there. So, maybe they find a guy in free agency who kind of plays there. Uh, I don't know. But they need probably at least one starting caliber wide receiver because who do you have coming back? Like, we think Alshon Jeffrey is gone. Nelson Aguilar is definitely gone. And then Deshaun, like you can't—he's going to be 34 this year, and he just missed pretty, pretty much all of last year. Like you can't just count on him. So they need. A, would you agree they need at least one starting caliber wide receiver? Oh, for
2: sure. No, it's a huge free agency need too. See, my, my thinking on you know they them needing uh, a cornerback. I mean, it was really enlightening doing like kind of going through the exercise of of uh, you know finding all the uh, 40 plus yard pass plays that they gave up, and even beyond that, like just big big plays that they gave up. I mean. We all saw throughout the season, you know, how bad the corners were in terms of getting beat deep. And it was across the board. Like Mills got beat deep, Darby got beat deep, Razul got torched regularly whenever he had to play. So like stacking them all like one on top of the other and just seeing how bad it was in the safety certainly didn't help either. But the most glaring thing to me was that just the cornerbacks can't run with faster receivers in the in this league. They have to get somebody who does. Like you can't have Jalen Mills covering the best player on the can't covering the best receiver on the other team. They have to have somebody. So
1: you know it's an issue there too, Jimmy. Commonly, like what you just said. What's that? Lack of speed. Like they it's can't right. run. Yes. Like what is going on? Lack like of this speed this,
2: at, this... at the skill position or at scope positions on offense and then on defense at at the positions where you need it most.
1: What is that? Like I can't. Like <laughs> I what is that. this organizational ethos that like speed just does not matter <laughs> in today's NFL? Like it's insane.
2: Well, I think they realize it now. I,
0: <laughs> I hope do.
1: So.
2: I do think they are gonna. They are going to correct that thinking this offseason. I really, mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think, I think they are going to correct that.
1: So I'm guessing wide receiver is number two for you.
2: Wide receiver is number two. But before we move on, Darius Slay. Yeah. You know that's picking up steam as a sort of a topic of conversation, and um, you know I think it's kind of become almost sort of like Darius Slay versus uh, Byron Jones. I guess you know. I guess you know there there really isn't close. There really is anyone close to Byron Jones. Would you say? Would you agree with this? Like in terms of like, uh, sort of the top of the free agent market, like he's for corners, yeah. He's like number one, and then there's a gap to number two. Would you agree there?
1: For sure, he checks every box pretty much that you would want. So except, would, you, like, would
2: you like have James Bradbury in the same neighborhood as him, for example?
1: No, no.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there.
1: Like, like their
2: numbers are similar in terms of like uh, completion percentage allowed, quarterback rating allowed, and all that and all that stuff. But just for me, like. The athleticism and size and tackling ability and everything that Byron Jones has going for him sort of eclipses a guy like Bradbury. I actually do like Bradbury. The more I've looked at him, I do like him a little bit more than I had before. But I do think there is a pretty significant gap between Jones and Bradbury in terms of appeal.
1: Why isn't Byron Jones like an elite kind of caliber wide uh, cornerback? Because I guess that's kind of because
2: he doesn't have splash plays. He has two picks in his career, but, for five but I don't years. even
1: agree with that because like he has. Forty-three passes defensed. Mm-hmm. So, and how many of these? Like, I, I kind of want to go, especially they sign him. I kind of want to double check this. Like, how many of those of pass passes defense are like being picked off? You know what I mean? Like, how many how many times is he like deflecting that's these into question. an interception?
0: I,
2: that, 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 that might be a good thing to sort of explore. You know, because I, would, I saw I that. do that pre pre them signing him.
0: <laughs> right. Like if
2: they did, then you know that's something I that, you know that's a really time yeah. thing to, to sort of look at. But that that is a good point. And I think the other point, too, to be made there is, you know, a a punt is still sort of a turnover. And he's forcing a lot of those (laughs) with those Mm -hmm. passes defensed. And also uh, with his tackling, like his missed tackle percentage the last two years anyway. So, like, ProFootballReference.com, I guess they started adding more uh, advanced statistics uh, over the last two seasons. So it doesn't go beyond 2018. But over the last two years, his missed tackle percentage was something like 4%. Which or four or five percent, something like that, which is outstanding for a cornerback. Like by for, by by comparison, Jalen Mills was like up around like eleven or twelve percent. Darby's was around like sixteen percent, which isn't a surprise. But like we think of Mills as like a good tackler and he's missing eleven percent of his tackles, was Byron Jones is missing four or five. So if you're making tackles, you know, short of the sticks, you know, those are punts too. So, you know, while he might not be making like these you know, while he's not like, you know he doesn't have pick sixes or anything like that, he is you know, getting the ball back for his offense.
1: And they're not, like, teams aren't throwing at him a lot. Like, that's a big thing. Also like, true. they don't, like, that's kind of what happened with Namdi when Namdi was good. And obviously, this is, I'm not saying Byron Jones is Namdi in the sense of, like, you know, he's younger. The the profiles are different. And I think it's actually, like, it's a good thing. It would be great for the Eagles to have a cornerback that teams didn't want to throw at because they definitely do not have that. Like, imagine just being able to put, like, Byron Jones on someone, like, a team's best receiver and, like, kind of erasing them from the game. Right. Like, that would be nice. Right.
2: Right, so uh, Byron Jones again. I was kind of getting getting to the point where like you know he's at the top of the free agent class, and then the other guy that's comparable to him in terms of uh, appeal, just as a just solely as a player, is Darius Slay, who's two years older than him, um, is not a free agent. The Lions are it's pretty the national guys are pretty sure that he's not going to be on the Lions next year. They're pretty sure that some team is going to trade for him. It's probably going to take a day two pick. Whether that's a two or a three, I would guess it'll probably be a three. Um and then Slay wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL with whatever new team signs him. And if you don't get anything done with him, then he's gonna be a free agent in the year. So for me, the answer is pretty simple between you know, choosing between you know paying Byron Jones sixteen, seventeen million dollars or whatever it is, than it is for to to t- trade for Darius Slay again, who's two years older and is also going to cost you a day two pick
1: Yeah, and Kiss and Solak were talking about this on their show, and obviously they were dead wrong about everything, as they usually are. No. Um, what Kiss was talking about more so is that, like, the youth movement idea has gone a little too far for him, and you can't just be young everywhere. And he was pointing out how, you know, you look at the the Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl, they were older, the Patriots have been older. Although I think looking at the Patriots in general isn't always a great thing because they're very much... Well, first of all, they they're cheat, an outlier, and, and and also yeah. they have
2: Tom. They have the best quarterback, arguably ever. I mean, we 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 kind of yeah. know that. Like, we kind of think of Tom Brady. Like now, twenty twenty, Tom Brady maybe falling off a little bit, but certainly over the last ten years, he's been ridiculously good. You know, so like anyway, continue.
1: There's a balancing act to be done. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. like the youngest teams in the league don't win. Also, though, like you don't, you're not going to win by just being like the youngest team. But, I mean, this team, this Eagles team, clearly needs to get younger. Like, they have to. Like, how we said it. And there's reason for that. You look at how this team has fallen apart. <laughs> and you look, conversely, you look at how their season was, like, resuscitated last year. It was when young guys had an right. opportunity to step up for these aging, ineffective players. Um, guys who, like, it, it came to a point where I remember theorizing, and I wasn't alone in this, but, like, a lot of people were theorizing, like, Maybe these guys just want it more. And you saw that. And now that can't be everything. You can't just shine, you know, Joe Schmo off the street because he wants it more than some other guy. Yeah. But, like, that's a factor. And when it comes to building around Carson Wentz and having these guys who are, like, young and hungry, I think there's something to that. And with Slay, like, I'm not ready to rule it out entirely. Because, like, if you couldn't get him, you know, for a fifth round pick, which isn't going to happen, but, you know, there's a cost for everything, yeah. what I'm saying. Like, if, if they can get him at, like, the right cost, even if he's not this long-term option, like, because let's say you didn't even extend him. Like, you just traded for him and you were going to get him for the one year, mm-hmm. but, like, the value was too good to pass up. Like, I'm open to that, but ideally, that should not be, like, the first option at all. Like, you should be looking for long-term answers. At some of these, and it doesn't have to be long term in the sense of like five, because that's kind of that's a that's a long time in the NFL. But I think you're looking at least like two years. I think that's what you want out of a lot of these things. And I just don't know uh, if if Slay is really like the right. I w- he wouldn't be the priority for me.
2: I don't think the age argument has swung too far in the direction of they have to get younger. Personally,
1: I think that's Agree.
2: very clear. They have to get they, they have to get younger. I mean, it's not just that you know, they're going to be losing a couple guys and then the average age of the team will go down significantly. Like if Jason Peters moves on to some other team and Josh McCown doesn't come back to the NFL at all, like that, that, you know, that's a 40 year old guy and what a 38 year old guy that aren't back. And yeah, that's going to affect like the average age of the team. But, you know, the thing that I pointed out when I did my age piece before the season even began was that they had, I think it was 18 players that were either 29 years of age or older. And that, whatever it was, whether it was 18 or 17, 18, 19, somewhere in that range, whatever it was, it led the NFL. So it's not just like, you know, it's not just Peters and McCown that are really dragging that age, that average age up. You know, it's it's been in sort of across the board on the roster. And in the Howie Roseman post-year press conference, I forget who, I think I think it might have been Bo, asked, um, I mean, it was, pretty, it was a pretty obvious answer. <laughs> like, yes, but he got Howie to sort of acknowledge it is there a correlation between guys getting older and more injuries? <laughs> right. So,
0: mm-hmm. you know, he
2: answered, of course, <laughs> of course there's a correlation to that. You know, I'm, I, you know, he, he equated it to himself. Like I can't do this exercise in the gym anymore. Like I used to, but it is, it's true. Like, the older you get in the NFL, the more prone you are going to be to injuries. And what's been the biggest problem with the Eagles the last three years? Ding, ding injuries.
1: Mm-hmm. So like,
2: I think on that front, you know they do need to get uh, substantially younger, in my opinion. They to, when you when and and we we talked about this before another time. Not that like these ratings are the end all be all or anything like that. But was it ESPN that sort of went through who had you know from ranked from one to thirty two the uh, you know from best to worst the the under was it twenty five talent across the league. Yeah,
1: I want I want you to do this for me, Jimmy, real quick. Who were the top five Eagles players who were twenty five or younger?
2: Uh, Dallas Goddard. Okay. Miles Sanders. No, no particular mm-hmm. order. Dallas Goddard. Right. Miles yeah. Sanders.
1: Uh. Yep. Uh huh. The is, fact that you can't think of a third instantly, it says Bar- a lot.
2: Barnett's over twenty-five.
1: He's twenty. He's only. He's really young. I think he's okay. only uh, Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. He was. He was twenty when I drafted him, so he still that. But you
1: couldn't even back. jump to that name. You were like, huh? Okay. Sanders,
2: Goddard, Barnett. Uh huh. Yeah. I think your point's made.
1: <laughs> uh i'm looking reuben frank did this and he has a maddox, maddox. four and he has jake elliott yeah. jake elliott is five <laughs> so right like that tells you that says something the fact that you but i wanted you know surprise you with that, like, it tells you that yeah like off the top of your head you can't even like get and that's an issue it's, it's not just like the eight so i agree with you it's not just like this age as a whole it's also like age combined with lack of like, young guys coming up. Like, that's the thing. Like, once these older guys are, like, done, like, who's behind them? Yeah. Like, no one. Right.
2: So, like, trading for Slate, it's not anything like that you're bringing, uh, you know, an older cornerback in. Forget that part. You're giving up a, a pick. So, you're giving up a day two pick that would be a young guy who, theoretically, should be contributing in some way to your roster if you're, if you're taking him, you know, around two or three. Hmm. Anyway, uh, number three on your list. Of <laughs> that
1: was a great positional needs. Uh, Number three for me is starting safety.
2: Okay. I have linebacker.
1: Because, Which one do you want to cover first?
2: Well, well, we already we already covered linebacker. We can we can skip yeah. that. Uh, but safety for sure is uh, I have I have safety four. So we just have them sort of switched. But yeah, I mean, um, for sure you have uh, one or one of either McLeod or Jenkins. Uh, you know, probably isn't going to be back. I think McLeod leaves and Jenkins stays. How about you?
1: Yeah, I agree. For as much as Jim Schwartz seems to like Rodney McLeod, I think it's just it's kind of. I, don't, I think Rodney is not gonna be back. That was one thing I took away from your post. By the way, yes. Uh, like Rodney McLeod seemed very culpable on a number the, of the those four, big the plays, 40 plus
2: yard play. Uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, he he was like a culprit in a lot of those. I think like he seemed worse than I thought he was last That's, year. That was the big, that was the
2: big, most surprising thing about that exercise. That for me as well it was just not only like uh, was he culpable on plays. On others where you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, he has to make that play. He never bailed anyone out either.
1: Yeah. One guy who I think the Eagles could be looking at, and Pro fo- Football Focus had put this out in a list of like, free agent predictions. Um, so it kind of got me thinking about it a little bit more, was Haha Clinton Dix. Okay. Uh, especially because the Eagles have a connection to him in the sense of he was one of the Roseman Six, we can call it, the right? Sexy Is that six. fair to say? The sexy Six. Uh, one of the six players the Eagles realistically wanted in the 2014 NFL draft at pick number 22 overall, Clinton Dix went off the board at 21 to the Packers mm-hmm. right before the Eagles pick. before the Eagles then traded down, and then selected Marcus Smith. So it didn't work out too well for the Eagles there, but uh, Clinton Dix was one of the guys they supposedly liked, and I think he's the kind of guy who makes sense for them given the price tag and what his market will be. I think... And I think you can sign him to a deal that's reasonable. That's maybe like a, a three or four year deal. That's actually like a two year deal when you look at like the guaranteed money. And I think he's he's turning twenty-eight. So you'll have him for a couple of years. Uh not not the greatest tackler. He's not known for that, but he is known for having coverage skills, and I think having that guy on the back end of the defense to replace Rodney McLeod would kind of make sense there.
2: The thing that would be that would alarm me would be if he doesn't move on to a new team, which is highly likely what is it, it's like his fourth fourth or fifth team yeah. in like as many years? Fourth, Something like fourth that? Fourth
1: team since two, the beginning of 2018, really. So that's not great. <laughs> it's not.
2: I mean, the, the guy at the top of this class is Justin Simmons from mm-hmm. the Broncos, who is, you know, he had four picks last year, uh, had a ton of tackles. I don't think they're going to be in the market for a guy like that. Like, I don't think they want to spend that kind of money at the safety Well, he position. might get tagged. And he might get tagged, too, and they should tag him, really. The other guy that I like a lot as far as his game goes and how he would translate to the Eagle scheme is Jimmy Ward because he's fast and he can really cover sideline to sideline. Sort of that deep guy and he'll hit mm-hmm. like he's, he's and like he's, he's short, which isn't a positive thing, but um, that doesn't, and he gets hurt. That doesn't like, he doesn't like Jim Schwartz doesn't care about that. Whereas other teams will, but like you said, like he gets hurt so much. So, like, I mean, that's not – that's no small thing. Like, that's, like, a big, big deal.
0: <laughs> like,
2: you know, we mentioned the injuries, like, just, what, like, three, four minutes ago. <laughs> like, And now I'm, like, advocating for a guy that, like, gets hurt all the time. And he's also 29, so that's a problem. But um, mm. as far as what his ability actually is, I mean, I think he's perfect fit for, for this Eagles defense. And then another guy that I think uh, the Eagles liked, and this was during the Chip Kelly years, um, when he came out was uh, uh, Demarius Randall because, um, you know, in those days they really put a high priority on safeties who could also cover out of the slot, uh, which he can do. I know he had some weird stuff going on this year. He got benched, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. I don't know that whole situation. But um, he's a guy that I think makes sense as a sort of a – what what Jim Schwartz does look like from his safeties are guys that – have cornerback uh, experience in their background. So Jimmy Ward has that from college. Uh, Demarius Randall has that from college. And I think he played some corner in the pros as well. Um, so those are two guys that I think make some sense. It's it's kind of a weird safety class because they're, you know, there's the one guy at the top in Simmons. And there's actually some, like, pretty decent options out there. Like a guy that I love coming out of college but don't think they'll really be super interested in is Carl Joseph. You Remember him? from West yeah, Virginia Raiders like his highlight reel from college was just so fun to watch. Cause he was just like destroying guys. <laughs> but like, so he's like more of like a hitter than he is uh, a cover guy. He would, he's
1: a real Taylor maze. He,
2: It'd be, it be very, he was a first round pick. I think he went like 17th overall. Like I loved him. And but even when he went, even when he got drafted, I was like, wow, that's really early for him.
0: <laughs>
2: but that's the Raiders for you. But I don't really have a great handle on the safety position in terms of who they'll sort of prioritize. It's kind of tricky.
1: There aren't a lot of guys at safety in free agency with connections to the team. So on this list I have, I'll be...
2: Well, there's, the there's Devin McCourty, top. too.
1: I did put him on there to be, because the Eagles were really rumored to be interested in him back in 2015, you know, when Chip was in charge. But still, it kind of seemed like even the interest might have went beyond that, beyond just Chip. It seemed like the organization really liked him. Well, they,
2: they were going to sign him. They thought they had him. Yeah. And then when they didn't get him... They had this extra money that they didn't account for. Like they pretty much had that. <laughs> Who did they
1: sign? And they went,
2: "Ah, oh, screw it. Let's just go get DeMarco Murray instead."
1: Good idea. That, it worked that's, out. That's
2: a true story. <laughs> yeah,
1: it worked out, so it's yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, one guy I had on a list of like potential cap casualties would be Rashad Jones, older, so not necessarily the perfect fit there, but he played under Matt Burke in Miami, so I just added him there as a potential connection. Uh, Keanu Neal also might be available. I'm seeing, but again, that's more like a hmm. physical guy okay. than a pure cover guy. And I don't know if he actually gets cut, but I saw there's some buzz about that in Atlanta. So Eagle Super kind of Bowl a,
2: hero, it, Super yes. Bowl hero Keanu Neal.
1: Keanu Neal's knee to be really <laughs> right. specific there. Um, yeah, so that's the safety position. What did you have at number five, Jimmy? So
2: that was the like it was tough because I don't like I know a lot of people really want uh, you know defensive end help. Mm-hmm. And I guess I went there, so that that's like that would be my fifth one. But I don't see them. I don't realistically. I don't see them. You know, going after like Yannick and Gakway, for example. Yeah, I don't see it. Like their starters are Barnett and Graham. I mean, whether you mm-hmm. like it or not, and I understand like the argument against you know uh, those two, like having those two guys as your starters and just being happy about it. Like I get it, but they're the starters. <laughs> like yeah, like. You're going to have to pay, what, like, you're going to have to pay over $15 million for sure for Ngakwe, mm-hmm. and it could it could approach 20
1: And does he even want to come here? If He's not going to be, like, the exactly. guaranteed full-time starter right. and he'll be in a rotation? Oh, I'm a
2: rotational guy?
1: <laughs> this was my argument all last year when, like, the clowning rumors were popping up. I was like, they're not going to trade for him yeah. because they have, like, you might want him, and I understand that, but I'm telling you, like, realistically, from what the team likes, like, they like what they have. And you might not feel great about that, but, like... That's what it is. Yes. Like that's the situation. I'm telling you, they like they like Derek Barnett a lot. I bring it up all the time. Jim Schwartz talk about how his daughters wear his jersey. Like they're not sending that guy to the bench. Yes. Like he's starting. Yes. He was their first round pick. Um and Graham, and yeah, and they and then, Graham,
2: obviously, too.
1: And and they should. And BG's a, a hero forever. So um so yeah, they're they're they should add, I mean, Ideally, in a perfect world, they should add more there, but I just don't think they will. So I don't have that. And I don't, I don't think they need more guys there, too. You know what I mean? Like they have, they don't need another, just a body there. They have a lot of bodies there. You know, they have, yes. they have Joe Osment. They have an they overabundance
2: have, of bodies there is really what it is.
1: They have Janard Avery. They have Sharif Miller. They have like Josh Swett. Um, Deshaun Hall will probably begin the season on PUP, but he's around two and he's still only like 24. So like they just have a lot of guys there. I have backup quarterback as number five because who is it? Yeah, Like, I don't, I don't know. Like the McCown thing is weird to me because like he seems like such it, like the way I think about it is they need to keep McCown in the building somehow, but he's not ready to be a coach. He's still recovering from that hamstring injury by the way, which I don't like I kind of forgot like that that was a six month recovery they put on that he could barely that, walk that, that like 20.
0: the day
2: like a day or two after that game yeah I was walking behind him like up the steps toward the Noah care complex and mm-hmm. uh he could barely he could barely walk like he, he and he's can, he could barely like uh uh unstraighten his his leg is the way I would describe it
1: he's turning forty one this off season he got hurt not too long into playing his first significant action of the year, really, like extended, you know, playing time yes. in the playoffs. Like, how much can you really count on his body to not break down? Like, I love Josh McCown. Like, I think again, I think you need to find a way to keep him around somehow in the building. But like, is he like really equipped to be the backup quarterback in terms of like his body? I just like I don't know. I wouldn't and count then, on so, him as a as a player. You wouldn't McCown on him as a player. I wouldn't okay.
2: count on him as a, as a player. Greg.
1: Okay. Uh, and then Sudfeld's going to be a free agent, too. Uh, like, has he proven enough? I think You he's know, back. ideally? I, I, I do think he's back, but I'm just saying, like, that's an equation to think about. Mm-hmm. And then I, one name I'm going to say who doesn't make sense for the Eagles, and I think people have floated it out there. They're not going to sign Joe Flacco. Like, oh, I thought put you were going to go there. Marcus
2: Mariota.
1: <laughs> well, that, too, actually. I, yeah. I'll get into that. But, but Flacco, like, Flacco was criticizing Scangarello, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he ripped right. him. Like, there's no way... There's no way Flacco wants to come play for. Well, first of all, like Denver has to cut him first. He's not even a free agent. But if they do, like, <laughs> I don't think the Eagles are picking up Joe Flacco. Like, he might want to come here because you know he grew up close nearby in South Jersey. Yeah. And Andy Whitele is here, but like, I don't, I don't, the offensive coordinator in him, well, the, the, the de facto offensive coordinator and Flacco don't seem to be on the same page. So I'm not counting on that. Yeah. And then the Mariota thing is stupid it's too. Cost too much. I love. Wait, why is he gonna to want to come here? He's not gonna to want to come here. He's gonna go go somewhere where, at the very least, like he can compete for the job, or at least be like last year's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Basically, what happened to him? Right. Literally, what happened to him? Like he he can go sign with the Bears and like be like, I'll just wait for Trubisky to, to f this up, <laughs> right. and then and then they'll turn to me. Yeah. Like that's where he's gonna go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's gonna co- like he's gonna to cost too much too. So like he's gonna be at the t- he's gonna be like at the top end of the. You know the backup quarterbacks that, that get signed somewhere, and it's going to probably be on a one-year deal where he can again explore the market again. Uh, if, if he does, if on the assumption that he does play at some point this year and he shows anything, then he's you know he'll raise his value or whatever and he can go somewhere else. So I think he gets a one-year deal somewhere, and that's not like it's going to be expensive. Like it's going to be somewhere between like what eight ten eight to ten million dollars. I don't think they can like low
1: end starting money.
2: I can't I can't see the Eagles spending that kind of money. With their, with, no. with, I mean, in previous years, they, they, like, they spent a lot on, um, Nick Foles, obviously. But mm-hmm. w- when you talk about, like, all the, all the, all the, the, you know, obvious immediate needs that they have cornerback, receiver, linebacker, safety, they have to find players at all four of those positions in free agency, presumably. You're gonna, are you going to have that much money left over for a backup quarterback? No. So, yeah, I don't know where you go. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Subfeld's back, and I think it's going to be the same thing that happened last year, where he's the two all off-season long, and then if uh, something spooks him or they're scared off, then they'll bring in another guy, you know, just before the start of the season, whether that's McCown or somebody else. I don't think they're going to make a move there, but uh, I do agree that it, that with you that it is sort of a, a need that has to be addressed at some point.
1: We'll take a break here, and then we'll get into some Alshon Jeffrey discussion. Jimmy, back into this. Back here on BGN Radio for a final segment of episode 106. Please rate, review, subscribe, all those good things, the podcast. Uh, we are here to talk about Alshon Jeffrey now, Jimmy. Alshon, Alshon, the guy who complains about how I say it. Well, Jimmy who complained? Well, remember there, a while ago during the season, someone was like, can you stop? Can you have BLT stop saying owl, Sean? Oh, like an okay. owl, like right. the animal? Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm really self-aware about it. So that's great. <laughs> But there was a report that came out last Friday from the Athletics Connor Hughes, who is a Jets beat writer, should be noted. Mm-hmm. There was a whole article about the New York Jets potentially being a landing spot for Oshawn Jeffrey, who, by the way, right now is still under contract with the Eagles. And the exact language that was used in this report from Connor Hughes was that the Eagles are looking to move Alshon Jeffrey, which I saw a lot of people, yourself included here on the prep sheet here, Jimmy, that said like, no S. Like no like no duh. <laughs> right. Like yeah. but I don't think, Anyone want
2: him? Take him.
1: So yeah. But I think that's not no duh to everyone. I think some people are like convinced that he's gonna be still, like even after having this conversation with you last week and posting the transcript of, you know, you saying like you're extremely confident like they're gonna look to move on from him. Yes. Like some people are just have been so in denial about this whole thing and about him even being the source behind Ripping Carson Wentz. Like, I don't understand why people are so in denial about this, especially now when you have even more evidence from Connor Hughes saying that league sources told The Athletic that Wentz and Jeffrey never saw eye to eye and their relationship was testy. The Eagles are looking to move Jeffrey and Jeffrey would welcome the change of scenery. So, your thoughts to me. So,
2: from my perspective, I know for sure with 100% certainty that he bashed Carson Wentz in each of the last two seasons with certainty. Mm -hmm. So, from my perspective, like they're gonna want to get him off the team, one way or the other. So I can understand where the perspective of somebody who you know doesn't know that can say, "Oh, it's just rumors." <laughs> We're basing all this off of rumors. Like, okay, fine. But he, I mean, if if they could trade him for nothing, he'd be gone yesterday. Well, like actually they can't really trade him yet. They have to wait till the new league year. But he would be gone. Like the Eagles are. Mm-hmm. The Eagles if, if the Eagles would trade him for like. A loaf of bread tomorrow, if they could. Gone. Like to, what just kind to, of bread? Just, just to mitigate Peppered Farm uh, cinnamon swirl. They would do that like the, the first minute of the new league year. They they would trade mm-hmm. them for literally anything just to mitigate the uh the twenty six million dollar cap hit that comes with it. It would drop down to like sixteen and bye. Good luck, Alshon. Uh thank you for the Super Bowl memories. But uh, we gotta move on. They would do that, like unquestionably. They would do that. So as far as like you know, the Eagles looking to move, uh, I do like that phrasing. Looking to move is the right way to put it because they just want to move them. Like they're not necessarily looking to trade them for anything. They'd be happy to just get rid of them because if they were to trade them, it would have to come with some sort of draft pick compensation going with him to another team, a la Brock Osweiler. Uh, or a keep to leave this past year, for example, you have to trade something with him to to be able to move him. Now, I did like a long Alshon Jeffrey uh, primer where like I answered yeah, it was super boring every question that has come up, and I agree, it really was super boring, <laughs> but uh, it did sort of add, answer all the questions that like people obscure questions that that people had about his situation. And um, you know, one of the one of the things that I asked uh, Joel Corey, who's a former NFL agent. And um, uh, you know, now as an analyst for for CBS Sports, he thought it would take a two, <laughs> a second-round Pick, hmm. along with Jeffrey to uh, to be able to move him. And he actually said I'd ask for a one, but ultimately, like I'd settle for a two if I were a team like the Colts, for example, uh, or like the Dolphins or something like that that has like a ton of cap space. He said it would it would take a two, and obviously the Eagles aren't going to do that. So he's pretty much, in my opinion, untradeable. Like that's not going to happen. It is interesting, as you mentioned, that it was a Jets reporter. And when you think about the Jets, obviously you go to Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas, you know, Alshon played for the for the Bears when Joe Douglas was there. He played for the Eagles when Joe Douglas was there. So, you know, if if Jeffrey does shake free, and again, I don't think he's tradable in any way, I do see that as sort of a a, a logical landing spot for 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 him.
1: So, the, one of the more interesting things about that report was that like Alshon would welcome the move. Alshon's agent denied He's this like, much. No, no on Twitter. he would. He loves Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get the sense that he would. Alshon seems to like to be around. I don't think. I mean, the issue. I think the clear issue isn't that. Like, I don't think Alshon is trying to force his way out as much as it's just you. You identified it. Like, this is a guy who criticized the starting quarterback, and like, you just can't have that <laughs> like, right. two years in a row. And well, so so here's an interesting point. I guess when people fight back on that point? when they don't want to believe that. They say, why would they guarantee his contract for this year if the Eagles knew in the first time that, like, back in 2018, when that first report came out from Josina Anderson, and, you know, there was suspicion that it could be Jeffrey because of the relationship there. Why would they then guarantee his contract for this upcoming season mm-hmm. in 2019? Oh, are you asking like me? That's, <laughs> yeah. Do you have so, anything?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, like, Alshon's kind of, like, a weird case. Like, he's not Odell Beckham Jr., in that, like, he's not, like, this sideshow that's, you know, constantly, you know, involved. Look at me. Involved in, right. And he's not like uh, Antonio Brown, who is, you know, is his own <laughs> patented style of crazy. Like, he's he's very quiet in the locker room. Like, he's, he's you know, he's not like, uh, and like, he's not like a, you know, like you said, like a look at me kind of guy. So I think when, um, and I'm pretty sure they understood when they did uh, that contract renegotiation or whatever you call it restructure they they were pretty sure that he was the i'm sure they knew not 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 pretty sure i'm sure they knew that he was the one that that talked to jocene anderson but you know one time is a lot different than twice <laughs> and in consecutive mm. years you know what i mean? agree so like uh you know they, they 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 wanted some extra cap flexibility they actually saved like 10 million on the 2019 cap and at the time there were like some appealing players that were potentially available. So I think if like the right deal had come along, they needed that cap space to be able to make a deal. Obviously a deal never happened, but you know, certainly uh, it, it makes sense. that It didn't make, did make sense to me at all really when they, when they did that restructure. Like I thought that in terms of like the overall picture of the wide receiver position – Because they drafted a guy in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside that had the similar skill set as Alshon, it made sense for them to move on from Alshon anyway, you know, forgetting all about the, you know, any Jocena Anderson stuff. But, um, you know, as far as, like, creating cap space, like, that strategy made sense in the sense that, you know, they might have added a a, a player that could have helped them during the 2019 season when... You know, you, me, and everybody else sort of saw them as Super Bowl contenders.
1: Yeah, I think you hit it there with the two times is different than the one time thing. Yeah. I think it was like, okay, he did this this one time, he was frustrated, whatever, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> but then it, it did happen again.
2: Yeah, and fool me once, shame on him, right? Uh-huh. But now it's fool me twice, <laughs> shame on the Eagles. And now, like, if you go fool me three times, just shame on everybody.
1: Shame on... How'd it go? It was like shame on shame. Or, or, how'd it go? The George Bush thing. It was like. The what? <laughs> fool me once. Strike one. Or oh, I, think, yeah, I guess yeah, I'm thinking yeah. Michael Scott.
0: <laughs> fool me <laughs> twice.
1: Strike three. <laughs> um, uh, in addition to Jeffrey, the locker room thing, like even putting that aside, again, going back here to Reuben Frank, who I referenced earlier, you did a good job of comparing um, Alshon Jeffrey. And James Thrash, who kind of have, like, similar numbers. Okay. And if you go on their averages based on their years when they were regulars on the Eagles. And uh, so, James Thrash, it's 55 catches, 675 yards, 12.4 yards per carry, five touchdowns. That was his average. Alshon Jeffrey, same amount of catches, 55, 707 yards, so about, like, 30 yards more. And just 0.5 more yards per carry and one more touchdown. Mm. And these are averages. So, it's, like... He's it's not that different. He's, he's, Alshon Jeffrey is the 14th highest paid wide receiver in the NFL right now. But since 2017, he's 37th among receivers in yards per game. So, and
2: he wasn't, and he wasn't good this past year. Like, I think it's another point that kind of gets lost on some people too. Like, he's not good. He's like clearly yeah. in decline. He might be cooked.
1: The, you know what, it's what's kind of come to fruition here. All of the concerns about signing him originally have kind of come to fruition when you think about it. Like, there were concerns about injury issues, those have popped up. Um, obviously, Jeffrey did a, uh, like, uh, a very commendable job of playing through oh, injury sure. yeah, in yeah, 2017. Yeah, right. I'm not. Yes. Try, I'm not trying to take any. I think that the legacy of Sean is complicated. That's how I would put it. Like yes. no one's trying to take away the great things he did. But like this is the reality of we where we are now. So that's what we're talking about. But like when we look back, or when we look back at the time of Allshone Jeffrey was an Eagle, it's not going to be only be defined by the Carson Wentz stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Like the good times happen. Yeah, but just talking about it now, uh, and and looking where things have gotten, it's just you know it's. All the concerns when you were signing him in free agency and why he was available in free agency, why the Bears moved on from him. Injuries, locker room concerns. That was a thing. Was there was bar, concern was about like him too, in locker room. When they
2: first signed him.
1: And there's reason for that. So, like, now you're kind of seeing some of that stuff coming to fruition. All
2: right. Yeah. I don't have anything to add there.
1: <laughs> Combine, Jimmy. The NFL Combine starts this week. We will hear from Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson starting at 1.30 p.m. on Tuesday, February 25th. Speaking at the Combine. And every year, uh, it's not like they give away all their secrets, obviously. I don't like the people who, like, well, they don't say anything. That's not necessarily true. They kind of drop some hints about some things. Uh, last year, the, Nick, Harry Rosen flat out said the Eagles weren't going to franchise tag Nick Foles. So that was some big news. Yeah. Um, even though we suspected that, still confirmed it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Les Bowen, I was reading some of one of his articles today, and he kind of did a good job of looking back at years past and looking at like the big theme. Coming out of some of these combine pressers, and there usually was one. It could be like in 2017 when he, like Howie, pretty much said like we need to upgrade the cornerback spot. Like that was obvious, but still, like he said it. So, what are you looking for this week, Jimmy, as you attend the combine in person?
2: Yeah, well, the obvious thing is the corner, or is the uh, excuse me the uh, the wide receivers. We want to see how they run, like Henry Ruggs, for example. Everyone's expecting him to run, you know, a sub four three forty. And if he does, you can pretty much forget about the Eagles drafting him, and <laughs> unless they move some kind of like way up the draft board.
1: Um, can you go to Indianapolis and make sure that uh, <laughs> Henry like, Rugg stubs his toe really like bad? Like a
2: rocking issue or something like that. <laughs> Actually, I got here combine odds and props like at during the show here, hmm. and uh, odds throw on the fastest forty-yard dash, and I. Like a lot of these gambling websites aren't actually gambling websites. They just usually just a website. <laughs> They're trying to draw traffic too, but they have rugs at four to one. He's the top guy. Uh, KJ Handler of uh, Penn State at seven to one. Noah Ibukunagi Nahin cornerback yep. from Auburn. I don't know how to pronounce it. Nine, <laughs> nine to one. Uh, Damon Arnett from Ohio State, fifteen to one. Uh, those those two guys are corners, three and four, and then uh, two more receivers: Devin Duvernay of uh, Texas at fifteen to one, and Jeff Thomas from Miami, uh, sixteen to one. So we've already kind of beaten to death that the Eagles need to add speed, to both in this podcast and in previous ones. And uh, there are a lot of fast receivers in this draft. I mean, it's not just a really talented and deep draft; just overall, like people are calling it, like potentially historic draft. Uh, in terms of like the number of guys that are going to get drafted, you know, either in the first round or just overall, day two, day one, whatever, um, and you know how good they're going to be once they get to the NFL, potentially historic. But um, also, it's, there's a lot of guys that kind of fit what the Eagles need. Like Rugs Handler, for example. Um, Duvernay is maybe not a great example. Jerry Judy's a faster guy. Uh Rager. Jalen, Jalen Rager from TCU is a faster guy. CD Lamb, it doesn't have like elite speed, but he's certainly fast enough. He'll be gone by the time the Eagles pick. Brandon Ayuk. From uh, Arizona State has a chance to go in the first round if he has a good combine. Then you know maybe he's more of a, a of a you know palatable pick to the Eagles at twenty one. So like what the what these receivers run, you know there's there's gonna be a lot of people that say what the what guys do at the combine doesn't matter. Well, I don't buy that. <laughs> like you know what,
0: mm-hmm.
2: at the at the wide receiver position anyway, wide receiver and cornerback that stuff does matter. Whereas it doesn't really matter like Derek Barnett runs a four eight whatever it was. That doesn't matter as much as it does for like a receiver that you know receiver is running like a four six then you know that's not good like you you don't want to see, you don't want to see that certainly if a if a cornerback is running a four six like Rizul Douglas did a few years ago that should be an indication of what he's going to be in the NFL and you know that's sort of played out the, the way you know as sort of as expected
1: or like Elijah Holyfield last year who I mean Ben Select said on tape like that was his running back number two going into the, like. Early, he said that early in the draft process, okay. and I think going into the combine even, and then he just sucked. Yeah, <laughs> he right. had a horrible combine, right, right. didn't get drafted. Now he's on the Eagles on a future contract or well, up, bottom of the roster kind of deal. So that's def- it definitely matters, and especially at the positions you mentioned. I'll be interested to see how T. Higgins runs this week. Mm-hmm. Popular Eagles that's a, that's, draft an, that's another great
2: example actually because you we, yeah. you and I have discussed him and like I hate some some of the descriptions that I hear about him like Kuiper over and over again keeps writing. He's, 50-50 ball guy. I'm like, nothing else. Like, I think he's a lot more than that. And uh, I'm rooting for the kid to have a good combine, so he proves me wrong. Right. I just remember
1: <laughs> the play in the championship game specifically where he was on a reverse. It just looked like it took him forever to get into the end zone. It was like when Nick Foles ran for a touchdown in early in his <laughs> career. It was like a it was just like
2: yard touchdown run, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but like, just against watch the elite it. it, it
2: oh,
1: watch man. watch it though. It look, he looks like he's moving in slow motion. He look, it looks like it's taking like forever for him to get there. There's just like no one in the like. He's not like r- like stacking guys and racing by guys. Like it's just like it just it felt like it took so long. You shall him um, So well, uh, look. I'm open to be. Like, I hope he does do do great at the. I'm not rooting against him, but like you know, I just I want to see it. Please like, let, let me see it. Prove it to me. Um, the other prospect I wanted to talk to you about, Jimmy, before we wrap up here, because we're we're get, we're going long. Um, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson? And I ask because Daniel Jeremiah, yeah, uh, you know, did a press conference last week, kind of talked about a bunch of different receiver prospects and cornerback prospects throughout. But specifically, when asked about the Eagles, you know, he was talking about how you know Rugs and, and a guy like that would make so much sense, but probably won't be there. Justin Jefferson is a name that could be there. And he's actually number 16 on, on DJ's top 50 that mm-hmm. he just refreshed today on Monday. So uh, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson? Yeah.
2: So I had him as uh, the Eagles first round pick and uh, I think it was my Eagles mock draft 2.0. And not that I felt great about it, but I think, you know, I, I think Ruggs is going to be gone. I think Judy's going to be gone. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be gone. You know, I think LaVisca Chenault makes sense. I think, T. Higgins makes some sense if you can get past the 50-50 ball thing. Um, Brandon Naik makes sense. And then Jefferson's the other guy. So, like, Jefferson is probably best uh, out of the slot. And he was super productive there for LSU. Um, I think in the NFL he's going to really frustrate uh, opposing defenses because he catches everything. So And he's able to get open. He's able to get decent decent enough separation. So, if – you know, any kind of separation he does get, he t- he catches everything. So he's gonna frustrate defenses in the sense that he's gonna keep moving chains. But I don't think that's all he is. Like I think he's uh sort of um a guy that that, that also gets open in the uh intermediate to deeper parts of the field, although he's not like a burner like Ruggs or a Rager or, or, you know, guys like that. But I think he's just a really solid player who has inside and outside uh experience at, at L S U. Super productive. Like he had like I think he was third in the country, third or fourth in receiving yards. Uh, He had, like, 15 touchdowns. He had, you know, 12 touchdowns in the red zone. So the Eagles are going to like that too. You know, not an ideal pick at 21, but Mm -hmm. I can see it.
1: I think the thing with me uh, when it comes to wide receivers, like, the Eagles have to find a burner somewhere. They have to. Like, Mm -hmm. that is not – it's non-negotiable. Like, they have to do it at some point. And then once they get that guy, like – then I'm kind of open to other kind of types of wide receivers. But if they don't have that guy, it just doesn't matter to me. Like If you don't find the burner, like, what are we doing? Like, this is – like, how am I supposed to go into another season just kind of hoping, like, okay – Deshaun better stay healthy, because if he doesn't, they're just going to be in the same <laughs> right. spot. Like, they they said, like, a have. Robbie
2: Anderson, for example, in free agency, you probably feel a lot better about that as the pick, right? They,
1: they It is, like, to me, that's, like, the number one thing they must do, yeah. ultimately. Okay. When we're just talking about entire offseason needs, they need a burner. Like, they can't just get a guy. Like, that's what I don't like about T. Higgins. If he's going to be your only guy who you add like that, like, that doesn't count to me. Like, he's not a burner. He's just not. He's not a flat-out burner. Like, he wins, and he creates the explosive plays, but they need someone who can stack people And it can be a legit burner, and they can't just count on Deshaun to do that because because of what we saw last year. So that is what kind of uh, I am just like obsessed with.
2: Quick, do we have time for a quick story, combine story, before uh, we wrap wrap this up? Okay, so (laughs) 2016, how he's doing is his press conference at the podium, and uh, at the time, I was uh, my my girlfriend was. um, I'll just say like whenever I like would go on the road. She was, like, uncomfortable with that. Like, she thought that I was, like, screwing around on the road. And, like, I, that wasn't, like, it's not what I do. <laughs> Anywhere. you were. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I couldn't do it if I wanted to, <laughs> right? So, but I, I think that's, like, what her thought process was.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so, like, those road trips would be difficult on the relationship because that's just what she thought. Wrongly, but that's what she thought. So, uh, Howie Rosen was at this press conference. And, again, it's 2016, so it's the year they draft Carson Wentz. We all know they're taking a quarterback at some point, uh, just don't know when. It's before they traded up for, you know, from 13 to 8 and 8 to 2, obviously. But I asked him some question about quarterbacks and uh, how he goes, yeah, quarterback, that's the sexy position, Jimmy, right? I know you're feeling sexy today. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. And, like, I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, it didn't mean anything. If you don't, like, you're not, like, uh you don't really know Howie in the way that, like, he has these press conferences, he'll say, like, weird things like that that don't really make sense He tries sense to be sometimes. funnier
1: than he is, I and, feel like.
2: And, and like, he'll, he'll say weird things like that sometimes. So, like, my girlfriend at the time was, you know, watching the Howie press conference, like, because it was live <laughs> on uh, NFL Network. And, uh, you know, because she wanted to see if, like, I was going to ask a question. So when he said that, in her mind, she was like... Uh, he was out with Howie last night, and he saw me go home with some girl or something. <laughs> oh, no. So, like, it created this huge fight. And I think we even, like, broke up with it over, over it, like, briefly. Oh, and my got gosh. Back together. Uh, like, that wasn't, like, you know, the ultimate breakup. But, like, that, that, I think we did break up briefly about it because we just got in this humongous fight over this, like, nonsensical comment from Howie.
1: Throwaway line.
2: <laughs> so that's my combine story. It's a four-year anniversary of uh, of that gym
1: well jimmy were you feeling sexy that day i was yeah he was
2: correct I, I was feeling sexy yes
1: well that's a fair point then uh hard hard to blame howie for that uh <laughs> any final thoughts jimmy i
2: got nothing other than that
1: yeah uh that's about it for me obviously we'll have coverage of the combine you can read my work at blue jimmy's work at phillyvoice.com you can follow me on twitter at brandon gowton you can follow jimmy on twitter at jimmy kemsky you can follow bgn radio on twitter at bgn underscore radio make sure you rate review, subscribe, all those good things. We'll have more good draft stuff for you, including a surprise that I feel like people will kind of like. Nothing too big. Don't get too excited. I have to temperate it down. But it will involve some other kind of I don't even know what you're talking about. podcast <laughs> interplay. We talked about this. Oh, okay. So that's all I have. We will see you next week here on BGN Radio.
2: Goodbye,
1: everybody. B-G-N